Welcome to Live the Fuel, where we fuel your health, business, and lifestyle. And now your host, Scott Mulvaney. All right, good day, good afternoon, and good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another new Live the Fuel show. And I have usually announced I'm always excited to podcast, uh, but I'm actually a, a hair more deeper uh, on my excitement today because this gentleman I'm bringing on as our guest co-host to lead us into 2022 as we're recording this, he and I have been trying to connect up and he helped refresh my memory for about five years. So uh, we're going to have some fun today. We always run an open format because two people who know how to speak and have a great conversation, it's going to flow. And obviously, I know for a fact he's going to really provide a lot of value to you, the audience today, our, our fuel nation, if you will. So just a quick little bu- some buzzwords for you, and then we're going to have some fun. Uh, if you believe in getting fueled up, which you follow this show for a reason, if you like to translate that over to maybe erupting more in life, especially from a leadership standpoint, okay? We're talking about peak performance. I've had many co-hosts on before. Taking yourself to that next level, right? This... There's a, uh, and I love some of his verbiage because I'll use some of his words, right? So human performance acceleration, right? Those are my three words I just want to throw out there right now, ladies and gentlemen. Again, he's a creator. He's an influencer. He's a passionate leader who's trying to help other people level up in life. And that's why I'm so excited. It took us five years to bring him on. But again, guys, former combat veteran. He's also working on possibly a, a new book that we were just joking around about. But without further ado... A little connection from my Thrive Make Money Matter attendance days. Wiley McGraw, sir, welcome to finally live the fuel. <laughs> Scott, yeah, absolutely. I appreciate finally being able to be on with you, and I'm looking forward to delving into this together. You're it's, right. It's been a hot minute. It has. It's been a hot minute. It has, I'm yeah. I'm with it. I, I, we were just joking around. I was like, you know, everything happens for a reason. Let, Indeed. Let life's timelines unfold don't force the process right indeed so, absolutely do, do you find yourself having to talk about that often <laughs> that is uh i'm glad we're starting there yeah that's a very difficult um i would say concept i'll use that word for many people to grasp because our society has this you know get it done attitude it's a go after it push harder grind and a lot of the times what we end up happening is just trying to get things done we forego that timing aspect of life and we end up creating limited results versus the optimal space that we wish to exist in. So I do see that constantly, especially with the type of leaders that I've worked with for the better part of 13 years now, uh, public figures and influencers and people that have power and authority really end up still being stuck in that get it done attitude. And they don't, don't understand why sometimes things don't really work out the way they want them to. And they're constantly on that grind for more. I like what you were, you were hinting there. There's a word limited. And I yes. love the flip on that, obviously trying to push for limitless personality types, limitless thought processes, limitless energy. Right. And we're all guilty of this, of putting some of our own limitations and getting in our own way. And that's what I remember about you to this day, even though you and I have not literally connected in five years. <laughs> that's I, all right. <laughs> I remember the energy exchange between you and I uh, in San yep. Diego it was at the Thrive Make Money Matter with Cole Hatter and his lovely wife, Sonia, and all hundreds, if not thousands, I believe, of, of other people either already reaching those levels of peak performance or hoping to get to the next level uh, sure. over that weekend. 
And that has been an annual thing. Actually, I heard this year might be the, this was the last year, I think, for Pride Making. You know, I'm not too, uh, I would say, privy to it right now. I was actually brought to that. It's interesting we met. I was brought to that conference because I had worked with uh, one of Jack Canfield's close friends. Yes. And uh, he said, hey, I want you to meet Jack when you get a chance. So go to this event. He's in town. And I'd happen to have a, uh, a condo downtown San Diego. So I just walked across the street, just randomly not showed up. <laughs> not a bad problem. <laughs> not at all. And you and I just clicked right there. I think that's when in that lobby we met. And of course, I ended up talking to Jack later, but it was no accident, I think, for you and I to to have that, that uh, honestly, conversation. If somebody said, point. Hey man, could you swing by this event? Uh, so I can get, so you can say hi to Jack. And I'm like, cause I'm very familiar with, again, ladies and gentlemen, if you're not familiar with Jack Canfield, we're talking about years of leadership influencing, uh, many books, many public speaking, just Jack Canfield. Uh, so add that mm. to your leaders list, ladies and gentlemen, when you hear that name, if you have not stepped that far in your journey yet, check him out. Uh, would you agree, Wiley? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, there's so so much value that uh, he does provide, and I that's why, uh, again, my work is all about optimization, and I'm I'm here to optimize leaders and people of that caliber are looking to take their game to the next level too. They're looking for resources that keep them on the cutting edge of their life and business, and even people at the at the top still have their resources that push them even further. So. That's why I was told to go there and meet Jack. He's interested in the kind of work you do. So we had that really nice conversation. But I, I think I look at it this way. You and I met and you're the one that I'm still connected with to this day. So I'm, I very much value that. And I'm happy that we're here now. Well, and then we were just joking around. So I didn't realize you had, wait, wait, a lot has happened in five years, right? So sure. uh, uh, I'm now married. You were already married. Yes. Uh, you're technically still a California resident, but now apparently you're getting a taste of my old stomping in Arizona, <laughs> uh, which I love. And... But also, we have a commonality on skydiving. I'm not at your level just yet, but I'm about to move into that next phase for next year uh, because I love jumping out of a perfectly good airplane in, in my life. Right. Uh, you apparently <laughs> do it way, way more often. Uh, as much as I can, yeah. Six, 600 jumps already on your belt? Yep, yep, 600. Yeah. So let's pause on that because that's fun. Sure. People, when they find <laughs> out that I jump out of planes... And then obviously they learn more about my history now that the book's out, right? Like, okay, former firefighter, right? Uh, sure. All these things. They're like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> nothing. I hear that from time. And I was like, yeah. well, how would you like to define that? Because I feel like there's nothing wrong with me. If anything, I am unleashing the confines of, of these, this structure that is around us that people allow to maybe hold them back. And I mm. want to really just jump into that with you, Jake. Sure. Around this theme of skydiving, right? So, what got you into that? Well, I'm glad you use the words unleashing and jump. Okay. Uh, these are words that are, they have a, a, quite a bit of impactful energy behind them. So what got me into that was first and foremost, being former military, uh, I was stationed at the 101st Airborne Division as a combat infantryman. Uh, one of the things is that enticed me into the military back in my rodeo days was the idea of jumping out of airplanes and being a ranger. Those things were very exciting for me. I wanted to challenge myself in the most extreme situations because bull riding had ignited that fire inside of me to understand that the most uncomfortable positions really stretch who you are. And they really reveal what your potential is, what your power is, and what you're capable of achieving. So the military got me enticed by that. But as I got into the military, I did my service and I got out. Uh, life, you know, happens for you and you go out and you pursue certain aspects of, of what is showing up. Like for me, it was about self-mastery and discovering more of who I was first. 
And then eventually I just got to the point where I was tired of not doing it and I decided to go do it. And I got excited about it, but I was nervous and excited at the same time. And I knew this was the right place for me. So that's what got me into skydiving. It's interesting because people are like, oh, well, <clears throat> Scott, you already said he was a combat veteran. So that's why he got into skydiving. Like, well, no, well, that's your mm. job and that's yes. your career. And that's pretty badass that like you're getting paid to do that. <laughs> right. But then it's also, you have a choice to either continue doing that the rest of your life or you don't. Right. So right. That, now you have to transfer that professional experience into continuing it into more of a fun component. Sure. That's what I get out of it. Because I know I've met a lot of amazing uh, former military uh, professionals, uh, men and women, and who have a ton of skydiving experience, but not all continue to stay committed at your level nowadays. And I feel like that is something, right? I made the joke earlier, right? It's what's wrong with you, right? Like, right, right. something wired. <clears throat> in you differently than those other people who chose not absolutely to doing it. And that's what I absolutely kind of dig out of there. Cause it's like, yeah, let's why? Yeah. like, why? <laughs> yeah. And you, you made a good point. We are all at different capacity levels in our life. There are people that are built to do specific things from military to business uh, to, you know, entertainment, et cetera, whatever industry you find yourself in, our capacities are all at a completely different levels. And that's the nature of understanding yourself truly at the core without stress, without sacrifice, without problems that you basically overlook or override is you get to experience what you're really drawn towards and what you're capable of creating. And for me, I, I just skydiving is a place of meditation. It's Zen. It's not what people think it is. Now, people that jump, you know, it's like that, that terminology we talk about is for those that jump, no explanation is necessary. For those who don't, no explanation is possible. You've got to understand that there's more freedom in skydiving, despite the dangers, despite what you might think of it, than there is actually being, um, I would say, someone with a death wish. You know, if we had a death wish, we wouldn't wear gear. So at the end of the day, I tell people that it's more dangerous to, you know, drive a car down the road than it is to jump out of an airplane. Just don't put the reserve suit in. That's what I'm saying. Don't even put the parachute on. Go jump well, off something. But like, exactly. I but I have literally two parachutes in my system for a reason because I enjoy my life and I'm going to the fullest uh, possible edges of my limitations myself and want to see how far I can really stretch beyond that. So that's why I do it. See, and I love that because I knew you'd have a great answer for that because it is, it's been one of, again, there's plenty of goals. There's always goals. Sure. Right? But it's like we also have the same 24 hours in a day, <coughs> the same seven days in the week. It doesn't matter who we are in life. And you're talking about this earlier too. It's like, Sometimes you just have to let things unfold as they're flowing. And like I made the joke earlier, I never planned on writing a book over the past right. year and a half. Right. And now it's published. So that, that's crazy. Um, but now it's like, okay, what's the next project? <laughs> so exactly. Like, for example, I have close to 400 shows online. I didn't always plan on becoming a podcaster. Back then I decided to become a podcaster. I was doing live podcasts at that, at that event where I met you. Uh, yes. Pulling people I remember. Yeah. Yep, and I remember. Now, obviously, nowadays, over the past couple of years, it's like, oh, okay, well, I can, now my new my new home as of May this year, I, I built a, a bigger studio. So, but it's like, there's only so much time in the day to get these different goals in and done sure. in an effective way. And I decided to take time off from the podcast because I was like, you know what? I can only do so many things at one time. I have a crap load of shows up online, a lot of valuable content. Let me take a break. Let me get this mission done. Let me get this book done while I'm still trying to you know, grow my company and, <laughs> right. and start a foundation and do all these other things. And I felt guilty. Mm. And I wanted to bring that up today because I know you really, 
you shot me an email right before the show saying, Hey man, I really want to dig into some things and really give yeah. value to your audience. And I love that. Yes. I respect that. Thank you. So it's like, there's that word guilt. Like I, even sure. all these years of self-development and professional development, I remind people it never stops. Even somebody playing at your level, peak performance doesn't stop. You have it's a state of being, working, right? So let's, let's just make sure that. that. Yeah. Yep. It's a state of being. And I'm glad that you brought that up. Uh, um, you want to dive into guilt first, or you want to talk about peak performance? Check guilt because that's you know, check. I, okay, <laughs> I, I, love, I love putting my, myself right in the right in the audience yeah. there, man. Just let, let's light it up. <laughs> uh, you know, first, it's it's really to uncover what that energy is that you're feeling. Is it actually guilt, or do you are you don't do you not feel in alignment with what you're actually putting your focus and attention towards? Yeah. Uh, and I want your audience to hear this too, because I think it's very important. Is what happens is we are moved by uh, what is expected of us in society to uh, go out and achieve and accomplish. And, and I've found in my experiences, especially with leaders, uh, they are not doing everything that they actually want to be doing. I've worked with some public figures in personal development who have met me and said, look, 30 years I've been doing this. Uh, I've, I've created some amazing success. I've made 50 plus $100 million in my business, and yet I'm still unsatisfied. I'm burned out. I'm at my wit's end, and I don't know why. And I realize I'm not doing what feels actually right for my creativity, my innovation, what I really was meant to be doing. I just did this based on a level of guilt that I had that I should be out doing something. And most people have that mindset is, uh, I just need to be doing something. And if I'm not doing something, I am not successful. And we get caught up in that rat race of trying to end up mimicking or copying other people that have done it before us. And we don't really know who we are. And we don't know, really know what we want to be doing or what we're capable of truly creating. Yeah. And it becomes this like never ending process of trying to reinvent oneself and never any process of chasing success rather than mastering who we are and actually experiencing the success we were meant to experience. I like this because I'm flashing back and you can correct me if I'm of course. But five years ago when I met you and we were trying to follow up initially, you also mm -hmm. were going through some new phases with your brand or a new direction and you were unplugged from things like this so you could focus on that. Am I wrong? You are you're in the right vein. I have been I've been behind the scenes since 2008 is when I really kind of kicked this off. I started working with combat veterans myself, special operators, etc. And it, it became a referral-based business. Uh, I am not your typical coach. I am a performance accelerator. And the, the work that I do is not coaching by any means. It's a complete life and business optimization and overhaul. I'm in the life with the clients that I work with. I'm looking at every aspect of who they are, how they're performing, how they're operating, how they're living their life. No stone is left unturned. N coaches don't typically do that. I'm able to see these blind spots. I'm able to erupt and eradicate stress. And I'm able to put them through these real world challenges, personal challenges that radically transform who they are to accelerate their performance. So at the time we had met, I was, I would, I would say was visiting the idea, should I come out into the public? Should I create an online presence? Do I even need to be doing that because I've had yeah. success okay. with being just word of mouth only? I was passed from you know veterans to professional sports, Wall Street. Uh, eventually, Hollywood worked with some executives out there with different studios. And then eventually, I got pulled into personal development by a PR gal that I knew. And it, you're saying this because your website's awesome, by the way. No problem. Thank you, brother. Um, yep. CEOs, executives, it, entrepreneurs, athletes, public figures. Yep. And even, yeah. And even now, we're kind of tweaking a little bit of that too, because really, I want people to understand when they even come to this website is it's it's really a life and business optimization for these people. These are people who have gotten to this level of success, but are still looking for more. 
they're still feeling unsatisfied and unfulfilled. These are the common themes that I've noticed in my work for 13 years is even though the most powerful people have what we see on the surface as the success behind the scenes, they are still suffering in silence. They're still unresolved stress that they're dealing with things that occupy space. And they don't really feel that they are as optimized or as powerful as they could be. That's why they find me. That's why they do the work that they do with me. It's the proverbial Navy SEAL training equivalent to high performance and leadership development, because only like you said earlier, there are only a certain amount of people in this world that are built to have the capacity that can appreciate those real personal challenges that push them to their limits and beyond. Not everybody wants that. So I appeal to those people in my work. And then to kind of go back to you, what you asked at the time, that's why I, I was in the world that I was walking around meeting people because I wanted to feel into whether or not I should given the nature of my work, come out to the public. And, and after the pandemic, that kind of made sense for us. That was the timing that said, now you should come out. And then I had some, you know, some past clients going, Wiley, how do I even talk about what you do? It's so uniquely different. I'm trying to explain to my friends and my colleagues why they see me completely different and why they see my ongoing success the way it is. And I tell them about you, but they, they want to know more about you. So this is why now, Scott, we're out in a, a public eye now and doing this. And, and it makes perfect sense because I, I remind <clears> people all the time from a, a branding and a marketing standpoint, because I'm a geek about that is yeah. if you have a great reputation, all you have to do is maintain it. And then from a marketing and cost perspective, it's like if you have a great reputation and you already have great word of mouth and an internal private referral process. Absolutely. Why change, right? Because it's mm -hmm. very cost effective. Are actually, people are already pre-qualifying people for you because they get you. They already work with you, right? So right. <clears throat> and you're not having to do a lot of this extra hoopla. But to your point, as industry shifts or worldwide things happen uh, that changes how we do things, that, like you said, you you had the time, you, you thought about it. It's like, all right, let's make a shift. Let's let's flip a switch and see what's going to happen. It made sense. Out more externally. So. And that's the thing is what we ended up doing too, is like what I'm doing with you right now, you know, back before the pandemic, I was being invited to conferences, high level masterminds, private parties say, this is the guy that I've been working with. He's got a network of, of experts that work in tandem with him. Unbelievable acceleration. I get in and then I, I get you to where you want to go and I get out. And they said, we love that. We, we love that we get to where we want to go now. We create the results we want to have. We don't have to spend years and years with another coach and wasting more money and more time trying to get there. So eventually it just got to the point where this makes sense. And now I'm on these podcasts. I'm sharing in conversation like this organically with people like you. Hey, look, if you really want to radically transform yourself and really take your game to the next level, it's out there. Here's the philosophies. Here's the insights you need to hear. Here's the challenges you need to face and the way in which you stretch your capacity. Let's break away from the mundane idea that you need to keep buying more programs and adding more you know, uh, cookie cutter uh, insights to your life and actually start to get rid of things that hold you back eliminate, resolve, et cetera, and move yourself to the next level naturally through real world challenge, which is what bull riding gave me, the military absolutely gave me and pursuing the most uncomfortable things as I got out of the military to keep me at the top of my game. So it's nice that I can have this now. And it's a, a beautiful thing because I had a friend of mine who's a screenwriter. She said, look, I have a lot of executives in entertainment that want, they're looking for something similar to what you're doing, but they're not in your referral network. So can you share something with me? And that's why we're doing what we're doing right now. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. And real quick, because I can't skip over this. The whole bull sure. Okay. Yeah. Now, was that pre or post military? That's pre military. Pre military. Absolutely. Then the, military, then the continuous in the skydiving. Okay. So I had, I had to establish that timeline because 
No, it's fine. And, you know, I was, a, you know, I, I grew up a star athlete. I was a pitcher and I had a, a path to the pros. I grew up around pro ball players. My dad was really close friends with people like Rod Carew and Bo Jackson. Uh, he was a semi-pro ball player himself. And I had the arm to be a very uh, talented pitcher in the pros. But here's what, here's what really pushed me into bull riding was the hyper-focused on one skill in baseball and being perfect on the mound came with its external pressures. And that perfectionism is what I utilized to compensate with that pressure that wasn't allowing me to enjoy the game for the love of the game. So eventually, as I got older, I intuitively knew this is not where I really want to go. I didn't feel fulfilled in the sport. And the world of bull riding came knocking through contacts that I had made. And it enticed me and it pulled me in. And I found a new side of me being ignited that I had been waiting to meet all along. And that's where I realized that I was yielding to the fears of the unknown that bull riding was providing me. And that turned me on to the idea and understanding that the only way you're really going to stretch who you are and see what you're truly capable of is when you're put in the most uncomfortable positions that challenge you and radically stretch what your thinking is, what your feeling is, and what you expect to be showing up for you. That's where you go beyond your limits. I mean, let's be real. Bull riding has so many variables. Absolutely. There, never, <laughs> there's never the same ride. Never. <laughs> Not once. Actually, my first live bull riding event that I watched was when I was firefighting in Arizona. I it bet. Was actually in Payson, Arizona, south of mm. where you are, because I had a couple days off, but we had to be so close to our remote fire base that I couldn't, we weren't allowed to go beyond two hours callback. I couldn't get to Phoenix or Scottsdale or Flagstaff from where our base was in sure. the middle of Tonto National Forest. So Payson was my my backyard. Um, right. And, and then a rodeo had come into town. And, and apparently it was one of the oldest rodeos in the country because of the age of Arizona and the, and the yeah. lifestyle. So it was super just funny how it connected. But yeah, it's like, and that, and that time, it was also a rare weekend when it actually rained. It was monsoon season. It was muddy. <laughs> And I'm like, I fell for those riders, man. I'm like, ooh, sloppy, muddy. It happens. Yeah, that's that's my first, my first, my yeah, my first ride was a cold, rainy Saturday afternoon in Southern California, and I remember how nervous and uncomfortable, but excited I was. And um, uh, yeah, I put the rosin, which is a sticky compound that you break apart and rub your rope with it to to get ready to it's to hold you on that bull longer because that's a wild animal. And when I got in the back of that thing, I remember it sprinkling and rain. I was cold but I was so focused on what I was feeling in that moment, connecting to this wild animal and having this thing move around in the chute. Eventually it was like, he pinned up against my leg. We pushed him off. And then I called my gate. When they opened the gate, he blew out and everything went still. It's like time stood still. And I realized that all that mattered was my absolute connection and focus to my intuition, my mindset, and my ability to stay present. And that right there, two and a half seconds later, I fell off the side of this bowl. He slipped in the mud, landed on my leg. He locked eyes with me and it transformed me on the inside. I realized, oh my gosh, this is, this is where I feel the real me coming alive. And when I ran out of that, that, that arena, I jumped over the fence and landed on my back. My buddy's laughing. I, was, I want to do that again. Yeah. That to me is where, that's where I really feel alive. And the more I stepped into that unknown, because you can get killed, you can break your body, you can get hurt. And I have been hurt. I didn't care about those things. What I cared about was, letting the fear be present and realizing that I can use the fear and an ode to your show as a fuel source for my performance allowed me to get better and better in a more accelerated manner as a bull rider. I got better and better quicker in the pro rodeo mentors I had were like, Hey man, you've got some talent. You want to hone this together. We can really get you into a good place where you can eventually go and get into the, you know, international pro rodeo and eventually into the, the pro rodeo. And I said, well, I'm not in it for the competition. I'm actually in it to challenge myself and keep pushing myself. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because 
I found throughout life, and I've talked about this in the book, and I've talked about it on the show over the, t- over the years, is that once you get a taste, <laughs> if, I guess if you're wired a certain way, you're going to keep going. And mm. that's the fun of it because I can't not do something adrenaline junkie-esque is my statement there, right? Because, like, actually, July this year, um, mm-hmm. I returned to – so last year they canceled this mountain biking race. This was going to be the hardest mountain biking race I've ever done in my life. Two years ago, I collapsed the lung, mm. healed up enough, and then decided, okay, part of my recovery is I'm going to go do the hardest mountain bike race of my life. It's called the Wilderness 101 in the mountains here of Pennsylvania, near Penn State main campus, uh, Penn State okay. University. And yeah. it's some gnarly – country you don't have the altitude like colorado it doesn't matter it's 101 miles of mountain biking with up and down up and down these mountain range this mountain range line you do 10,000 feet of climbing in a day mm, intense. Miles. so i was like i'm gonna go right. do that <clears throat> and i made it to mile like 66 two years ago and the heat exhaustion that year was awful like mm. there was racers dropping. can imagine yeah so i was i was at mile 66 and I started getting all chilled out. And this is in the heat of the afternoon. And I'm like, okay, that's not a good sign. I might want to call this one. And I was like, you know what? This is already the most miles I've ever done on a mountain bike. But I, this year I went back and I completed it. So excellent. And 13 hours on a bike seat, not just a regular road, I'm a road cyclist too, but on a mountain yeah, biking seat right. is a, another. It'll work, yeah. yeah. It'll work, yeah. yeah. I, took about a week, <laughs> I took about a week or two off from mountain biking. <laughs> so I bet. Yeah. It's, not, it's not a bull. It's my no. mechanical bull. But. I want, yeah, and I, this is good that you're bringing this up, Scott, too, because it's not, you know, you're not going to, people who are listening to this are not going to go, well, do I have to go ride a bull to stretch and become more? It's like, no, but I'm giving you that insight and so are you with your story. And I appreciate you sharing that is because you were willing to embrace the, I would call it, like we say in the military, embrace the suck. You did not suck it up. You embraced the suck of it and you embraced the unknowns of that and you were willing to, push yourself because you knew you were capable of that. But until you are getting yourself in the real challenges that literally uh, shake you up from the inside, it doesn't matter if it's a bowl or a bike or a skydive or swimming with the sharks or going and facing down a, you know, a wild animal, it has to shock you or it will never change you. The unfortunate part of our, our personal development world now, and I've seen this time and time again, is marketing has gone rogue. We're utilizing bastardized words like transformation, peak performance, et cetera, to enroll people into things. But people are getting what I call the verbal caffeine and sugar, and they're getting really high on concept, but the application of it is not transforming people the way they think they're transforming. And you need real challenge that actually stretches you and and shakes you up inside and potentially can scare you in the right kind of environment. And when you find that for yourself, you'll realize you're capable of so much more than you actually have already accomplished. Yes. I, yeah. I love this because you said something earlier, and this is actually going to full loop it. I know you'll appreciate this. You were saying about how people can get too far into the weeds on all these personal and professional development books and videos. Right. And, or, right. You're go, or you're going to events like Thrive, and you come out of these things high, like mm. fired up. Yeah, right. <laughs> but is it sustainable? Exactly. But that's exactly. What, that's what we're hitting on right now is, and I've been in. We've all been there, yeah, right? Everybody sure. You go to events like that. You're coming out. You're pumped up. You're feeling good. I'm gonna rip the lid off. I'm starting this company and that company, or you know, 
whatever. You did, yeah. <laughs> and uh, then, like, within 30 days, within 30 days, what's I next? I don't know what the numbers are, but I guarantee yeah. you, most of the people who go to events like that, their fires are already almost out. It's, yeah, but they are. Yeah. And if that's and it's unfortunate. Now, again, it all has its place. Again, I, I'm a voracious reader of certain books that I feel drawn to. I love to, to educate. I, I practice martial arts. I'm constantly looking into this the ancient Eastern and Chinese philosophies, all the different things that stimulate my already understanding of life and performance and what it takes to be optimized. And like you said, there's a very small fraction of, of people that can take what they go to a Tony Robbins event and actually start applying it to their lives. And I mean, I've been behind the scenes with some of those people. I know exactly who they are, what they're doing. And here's the piece that people need to listen to is what ends up happening. That high, Scott, that you get is what I call transference. It's not transformation. It's transference. You're taking on the motivational spirit of the person that motivated you on stage and you're taking it home and it's like stirring around inside you. But when I come to the table and I do the work that I do, I look at the aspect that most high achievers have basically overlooked, overridden, swept under the rug, unresolved stresses from the intense life experiences that have created negative impacts in their life. We get told, as long as you have awareness to it, you can use that as a fuel source for motivation to create and innovate. And I think you and I talked about, I shot you an email and I wanted to discuss this was, that is actually a dirty burning fuel source. When you have things that are occupying space within you and you're not willing to look at them head on and eradicate them or resolve them. That's the word I like to, to, to share. They are going to, in fact, limit your capabilities and the results you create. It is a dirty, uh, dirty fuel source. You need to get to the clean burning fuel source. And that is you being in a place of balance and optimization, no longer holding on to those past life experiences because they are in fact, what's hindering your power and potential. That's what's inside you that you need to look at head on. And the, the, the challenges we discussed a minute ago is how you shake that up from the inside and get it out of you. Yeah. No more of this uh, overriding it, sucking it up and just dealing with it. it because it, all it does is suppresses that energy. It doesn't go anywhere. I love where we're going with this because it's so true. I mean, we're all, we've all been there, right? So you've been there, sure. I've been there. We're still going to be there again. It's part of life. But I agree. It's like, it's okay if you keep reflecting back on your past for me as long as you get better at realizing you're never going to change that, that's in your past for the reason. Let's find, and actually, since you were saying embraces suck, we use embraces suck when firefighting all the time 10 years ago. Uh, the other thing that my, my, one of my uh, squad bosses uh, trained us on was at the end of the day, no matter how good or bad that day was, it is each of our individual responsibilities to find a way to, find a way to take the good out of that day. So that applies back to what you're talking about too, for me anyway. It's like, okay, well, okay, I can't change what <clears throat> happened me. in the past, right? That might of course not. me, that might be, I'm like holding on to that, but okay, fine. Let's, can we at least find a way to take the lessons from that, let all that go, and use that into your future, right? What, what can we do to improve, optimize, erupt a whole new chapter into your life using one of your buzzwords sure. that I love, right? That's where we're going with this, is learn from it, don't let it hold you back, so, well, and I'm, if I'm going to add to that, uh, really expand on a little bit more, uh, if you will. And in my life experiences, those intense life experiences, I discovered my own unique superpower, if you will, to uh, expose those blind spots and to erupt that stress. It's just a an aspect of my fabric of being, who I am. When I'm grounded and in the presence of someone, they cannot hold on to these stresses that are underlying and and, and underneath the surface. It just starts to naturally come up. 
And what I'm able to do with that is I'm able to poke at those and point at them and, and battle them head on with the people that I'm working with so that we can actually eradicate them. Because the idea that our past life experiences, you, you're right, you can't do anything about having them. However, you can, in fact, resolve the negative impact and stress that those experiences provided you. So the idea that, you know, the world of therapy and, and personal development says that you can't do anything about it, just get over it, is the reason why people actually are still feeling stuck and limited is because creating the awareness around it is one thing. Resolution is another. Instead of trying to chase relief because you're stressed out, find out why that experience is still showing up in your life. Why are you feeling still limited in your life? And what I've done in my work is, is I put these people in, in positions that are very... I would say radical and unconventional. And I don't use these terms eruption and unfuck and all that stuff because they're catchy coin phrases. This is truly legitimately what's happening is I'm working with a guy right now who very powerful guy in his own right, but he's, he's hit a point where he's hit this wall and he's stuck. And he's like, what I'm, I'm connected to all these people in the, in the music industries, you know, of all these high level uh, aspects of his work. And he's like, but I don't understand why this stuff is happening and I'm not getting to where I want to go. And I'm pointing out to him, the dynamics that you are living with right now are twisted up. And they're the reason why you're not making more money. You're the reason why you don't feel as free as you want to feel. And I'm putting him in positions to face that by having him go say certain things to his, his family members, go talk a certain way to certain people that shake him up, shake them up. And I want to expose that dynamic that is in fact hindering him. It's not as easy as bringing in a business coach or a finance coach, or a life coach. And these life coaches and these other coaches go, well, you need to add more strategy here. You need to just go over here and do more work over here. You're not working hard. You're not motivated enough. And that's, that is so limiting to someone because there's the energetics of who we are that people are not looking at. Nobody understands the impact of our dynamics. So when I'm talking about that with you to expand on what you said is, can't do anything about it, but you can in fact do something about the stress itself because that stress itself is what's holding you back. And until you're willing to face what you've swept under the rug, you're always going to create misguided and limited results. I love that because it is true. You said this earlier in the show too, that not everybody's wired like, like you, for example. You found sure. something that you clearly have been able to help people with. You have a talent there. And I actually remind people all the time too, and, and I love how you were clarifying the differences between coaching, you know, mm -hmm. air quotes for people listening to me, not, not watching the video. Um, <clears throat> coaches versus development people versus trainers versus you know what all whatever buzzwords are being used sure. in the marketing world. Right, right. But I truly do believe that. Like when when I when I decided to, I'm the first person in my family to go through, um, and I hate to use the term higher education because I have a lot of respect for uh, people in the blue collar trades. Again, I'm absolutely that are mm -hmm. banking some serious dough, and they don't always agree. So, but anyway, for some reason, I decided, hey, I'm going to go pay for my own education. Did all that. The biggest thing I took out of all that was actually the psychology that I got to study. I ended up doing right. a dual major in psychology and marketing. And I, mm. to this day, could care less what they try to teach me about business because it, it doesn't <laughs> apply. It, you got to sure. put in the hustle. You got you to gotta learn. You got to surround yourself with people better than you, all of that, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But the psychology, the mindset work, finding people that pull that out of you, that's a big missing link in a lot of people right now. And that I've, even I've tried helping and working with, and it's not even the core of what I do, but hmm. sometimes I'm good. I, I can connect with a guy. I have, I have a few people clients wise that I've helped for their marketing and their branding, but we've connected very well mentally. 
and not at your level. <laughs> no, it's okay. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Pulling that out, being able to actively listen, being able to recognize certain attributes that they're literally holding themselves back. They have their own roadblocks up, their own speed bumps, if you will. And it's right. just helping put that in front of their faces or in front of their eyes. It's like, right. guys, let's, it's okay. Yeah. We work, we can, let's break these things down. Right. And, you know, I'm glad you brought up mindset. And that's the other thing. We're, the world that we live in, right, especially in the West. So I, I practice ancient Chinese martial arts, very a secret form of it. And my, my teacher that I work with one-on-one shares me years ago. He says, you know, Wiley, he goes, unfortunately, he's, he you know, comes from a, long, uh, a very specific lineage of the Chinese dynasties. And he says, look, unfortunately, in the West, we have what's called the Western anatomical thinking. Everything is very mechanical. It's very mind-oriented, very black and white, uh, very rigid. Our first response to challenge that feels very uncomfortable is to push up against it versus just receiving that quote attack, if you will. And in the, in the martial art I practice, Scott, it's, you know, it's all about letting the attack happen and letting the right response present itself and realizing that we are so wrapped up in our own heads. We have disconnected from the rest of who we are. We have uh, basically shunned the idea that we are intuitive. We have shunned the idea that our emotions have power and, and information to us. We compartmentalize ourselves. We say these emotions, because they don't feel good or bad and these are negative. That's the term I hear all the time is negative emotions. And then these emotions over here are the only ones we should accept in society. The only ones we should actually try to achieve. And I, I keep pushing, uh, I would say naturally through that with people to understand that our intuitive side the emotions we carry all have power and impact in who we are and how we perform. It's not just your mind. Our mind gets overworked. We get caught up in our own thinking, and then we still limit ourselves because we feel that what we are thinking is, is the priority and what else comes out of that is unnecessary, which is why you hear people say, You're, nobody cares about your feelings, bro. And it's like, well, wait a minute. What is the context in which that's happening? So maybe in the emotions you're having right now, there's a lot of information if you give yourself permission to tactically identify why you're angry, why you're frustrated, why you're irritated, and let the information that that feeling or emotion is trying to provide you be an asset or another fuel source to move you down the road even further, even faster. So I love that you brought up mindset because that's a key, that's a big part of it. Mind has a lot of power, but when you can allow yourself to tap into those inner workings of who you are, your intuition let your emotions be where they're at and then move through them because you're able to accept and appreciate they're there for a reason. There's so much more can be unleashed from you. There's so much more you can manifest naturally versus you trying to grind or push up or try to force something to happen. I love that because <clears throat> I've, yes, I love the way you hit on here because people are, I got to find a way to get to more positive mindset and I'm guilty. Yeah, I say sure. that all the time, but I like where you went there because just because there's something negative ha happening doesn't mean we ignore that or we try and push past that. It's like, oh, I can't allow this negative energy in. Sure. But to your point, what if that is a trigger to get you to that next step in your mindset switch? So it's like if you're if you're blocking it because like, oh, no, I have to be all positive, forget the negative. <laughs> yeah. It's just not natural in life. We're all going to have no. a bad day. I mean, it's yeah. just, uh, it, it is what it is. But how do you use that as a trigger, like you're saying? Listen, well, allow it in and then move you to that next more positive step. Well, think about our world. You hear, I mean, I hear people that are very spiritually oriented. They, um, you know, anger and frustration and irritation are negative. They're bad. You need to be happy. Everything is namaste. Everything's just feel good. So what ends up happening is you try to circumvent that and you override it. That energy doesn't go anywhere. You're, you're, you didn't get rid of it. It's the same thing with past life traumas and, and, and stresses. 
Just because you became aware of it and you did some therapy does not mean you eradicated it. You can. It's going to sit there inside you until you do something about it. And it's going to fester and create blind spots. It's going to, you're going to create perceptions of what you think is to be real and it's not. And then you're going to manifest in your life. And I have a little video I put on my website about this, Scott, is that, that uh, what you don't know about stress and understanding the differences between the two types of stress we live with, chronic stress and acute stress. You're going to experience these types of uh, acute ex life experiences over and over again until you do something about what's actually causing that to show up. Why are you losing a ton of money in a business deal? Why do you keep hiring the same person who's not right for the job? Why do you keep experiencing the same uh, stress up and down over and over the roller coaster, if you will? It's because you have not battled through something that's still occupying space. And to finish this, it's like tactically identify you have every right to be angry. You have every right to be frustrated, but why are you showing up that way right now? And if you can sit in it, give yourself permission to be with it. It doesn't mean you're going to become that person. It just means you're accepting the part of you that's telling you something's going on here. Pay attention to it. Let's see if we can use it as fuel source to move to the next level. I love what you just did because as you're saying this, my brain flips back to full <laughs> circle earlier in our call mm -hmm. about that guilt I brought. Taking, yes. Taking the time away from the podcast to allow other things to unfold and happen that needed to be done because they were stressing me out. Like I started that book two years ago, and then it's like, you gonna check it off? You're gonna done. So right. Then I it got it got cumbersome. It didn't of feel. It wasn't flowing. Right. I love flow state, so it yep. wasn't flowing. It didn't feel good podcasting, which I love. That's why you and I are hanging today. It wasn't fun because I was allowing all these other things to stress me out. So it's just like, okay, well, take the guilt and say, well, is it guilt, as you said, or was it just right. kind of, you know what, Scott? There's only so many things you could show up for with peak energy and fired up, and I didn't want to sacrifice the podcast, but I was like, you know, I, I let's take a break. Let's let all those shows keep rocking. Right. I'll keep making the connections, keeping them fresh. I'm like, hey, we're going to take some time. Let's get this book done. Right. This was something important to me. It's to help my new foundation. Check. It is. There you go. Right. So now, boom, all these new shows, which is you're in the new cycle, is a relaunch of the show. And I could get to I could Love push it. it into a whole new life cycle shift. So, so it's like, but again, back then, I wasn't thinking that way. I was like, oh, no, you're, you're, you're not showing up for your audience. Uh, you're letting something go. And it's like, no. Now, fast forward to today, it's like, no, now I get to take it to the next level, right? That's that's where I wasn't thinking that right. then. Right, so right, and you know, and it is interesting because what ends up happening is this. This goes back to what we also said too: is your mind believes that some by pulling away from this podcast, that the people that are following you and listening to you somehow are going to have their own re reaction to that, and it's going to be negative, and something's not going to be right, and people are going to be mad at you, and there's going to be this feeling of like, I'm not fulfilling what I say I'm going to fulfill. And reality is that people, in fact, need time to absorb so much information that you probably have provided them. And it's time for you to allow things to shift a little bit and settle so that people that are inspired by you may be able to reach out because they've gotten the space now to actually absorb and listen to hear what you've said and go back and re revisit it as well. And now you're putting your energy onto what matters for what you care about and what you get inspired and excited for, because the energy behind that is what creates the results for you. 
the idea, especially we have this like leader right now, what was that guy from better.com who just fired 900 of his employees on a zoom call? It's like, yeah, that is it's because if you break that down, I'm not going to get into the, the, I would say the analytics of his behavior right now, but I will give it to you that if I pull that guy's curtain back, I guarantee this guy has so much unresolved stuff going on in his life that he doesn't know how to lead properly. He's trying to come to the table from a lopsided egoic place and he doesn't really tap into the empathetic nature of being a human being. He doesn't know why he's doing what he's doing, which is why he just fired it out and didn't consider the impact from his decision. And we have so many leaders that are like that right now is most people at the top are compensating. They are not op optimized. And that's the nature of my work is I don't help them. I optimize them because if you're going to have influence and empower and impact, and you want people to emulate you, how well are you living your life? Not in, in public, but behind the curtain, behind the scenes. And what's happening here is we are looking at the benchmark of success from a standpoint of what I call a dying metric, money and notoriety first. Unfortunately, if you're sacrificing your health, your relationships, your sanity, your focus, all of those pieces to make some money, to scale a business, to just be full of busy work, then you are not truly high performance. You are not living to the standard you say you're, you're operating from. You're actually just an achiever. And I wanted to make sure that distinction was clear here is we have a misnomer around what it takes to be a high performer. We have people using that title, but if you look at their lives, you're like, well, your life is in turmoil. And you're just because you're capable of getting something done, making money and creating does not mean you're a high performer. It just means you're a high achiever. When you can step into the world of balance and you can look at your life from all angles and you can become optimized and become the, uh, the man or woman you want to be that people are inspired by because of how well you're living your life, that is high performance. Yes, I, I agree with this. And I love you hit on a couple of things. One was health because again, the right. tagline for the show is we fuel your health, your business, your lifestyle. Absolutely. They all need to work together, right? You can't show up for a skydive <laughs> and say, you know what? For the past six months, I'm just going to stop taking care of my mindset. I'm going to stop taking care of my physical body. Um, yep. I'm going to say, forget the kitchen. I'm just going to start just living off of fast food, right? These are necessary baseline elements that people like you and myself, other people have learned over the years. Like we value it. Ignore these things, right? These are right. those stabilizing things that should just become a guarantee that you've got that dialed in, get that checked off. And I'm a huge advocate for health and fitness because of course you are yeah. going to have stressful days. We're all going to have something not working, but okay. At least, okay, dude, my kitchen's good. Right? Yes. My morning yes. routine's dialed. You know, I, I built my own CrossFit gym out in the, in, the, nice. in my pole barn here at the new property. Yeah. So it's like, I got my, my man zone, whatever you want. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I've got mine too. These are the things that make me smile. So when right? I have a stressful day, I know where to go sweat it out. You know, I know that the kitchen's good. Like if I need to fuel, refuel my body with nutrition, right? Not dirty, not dirty uh, fuel it, as you were yeah. talking. About. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Like like two months ago, I was out there splitting wood like a madman. I'm surrounded by woods here now, so it's, that's great. It's it's I, I've literally brought my old Arizona life you know, to the new home here. My wife found a great place for us. I, I love it. So now it's like, hey, I still run chainsaws like I did when I was a wild and firefighter in your neck of the woods. So it's like smart. My friends like, you just love running chainsaws. I'm like, you darn right I do. And it's like I have all this technology and I just yeah. unplug. You said this earlier, right? Would it be a mountain biking race or a skydiving? You've got to find these things that just you unplug and you hit this flow state of just 
I can just go out there and fire up a chainsaw, put my hearing protection in, and I don't need you don't even need music. I'm just I'll rock that saw all day long. Right. <laughs> right. It's great. I'm done. I'm exhausted. I come back in and then I can crush out a book or crush out a podcast or whatever it may be, right? It's just you have to have find these things. Right. Well there's Right. And you, and the distinction though, between whether or not you're coping with and trying to find relief versus utilizing these tools as assets for where you're already at in your life, which what you said is I appreciate and value my health. I value my, my mindset. I value my relationships. I value my ability to stay focused and present. Those aspects of optimization are in fact, what fuel your ability to achieve and accomplish goals and tasks. That's why we're seeing now celebrities coming out of the woodwork. And I've had some people give me a call about this. And it's, you know, The Rock, Dwayne The Rock Johnson wants to start talking about his traumatic childhood. It's like, despite all his accomplishments, now he's coming out and going, I'm not really as happy as I, you know, I, I make myself out to be. Same thing with Will Smith. Go ahead. Minutes from my house. <laughs> right. I'm so we can outside Allentown, Pennsylvania, Bethlehem. And I love that he's doing that. He's right. He's but consider building himself. Right. But you think about this one, Scott. And I want everybody to hear this is, why are we going into our life from the perspective of go out and make a bunch of money first, and then eventually we'll get to all of those aspects of our life later? Why are we chasing chasing this comp that people are compensated? And he even says, as I, I realize I've compensated with all of this, this grind that I've put into my life to override the way that I feel when I'm by myself. And leaders especially do not know how to be with themselves without all the stimulation, all the fame, all the notoriety. So when they're quiet and in their own corner, they're suffering in silence. And I've seen it time and time again in my work, despite whatever people have created. I've worked with hedge fund managers. I've worked with Wall Street executives. No matter who they are, how much they've accumulated, they're still broken inside and they're still looking for what's next. They're still looking for that peace. They're still longing for a sense of satisfaction with their success. And they're willing at this point to go, I'm willing to do whatever it takes. I'm willing to be pushed beyond my limits. I'm willing to be stretched. I'm willing to face my truth. And I'm saying to people out there that this appeals to is, it's available to you. You just have to be willing to jump. Yes. That's all. And, and, and so many things <clears> resonating. <throat> and by the way, you got a couple of minutes because I know we're approaching the top. I'm here, man. I, I gave myself extra time for you, brother. I always do that. So you, I'm yours. And I, and I have to tie it back forth because it's still such an exciting project. I hope you get the book, and I really would value yeah. your feedback. Uh, of course. Not just because it's a charitable project, but I get I talk about vulnerability in the book. Ah, uh, there it is. Yep. I, I did one of the most dangerous – again, you did one of the most dangerous jobs on this planet. I did one of the most dangerous jobs. I didn't even know how dangerous Absolutely. it was until my buddy gave me the data on it. I'm like, oh, <laughs> well, I've already done it, so it doesn't change anything. But apparently I was in the top five most dangerous jobs in the world. I'm like, oh. Absolutely. Okay. Yep. I had no clue. I didn't care. I just wanted to go do something that looked like it was hard and would beat me up. There you go. But then, you know, there's these things like, oh, <clears> I think you're maybe a tough guy or uh, I, I love, I, there was walls that were already up emotionally for yes. years. And then I just used the firefighting as an excuse to continue those walls because, oh, I can't allow somebody close to me. I can't be dating, yada, yada, yada. I don't want to deal with that. Ah, there emotion. it is. That's the word. And yep. I talk about it in the book and the wife, I don't, I don't hate the strong word, but she's just like, do you really got to talk about me in your book? And I was like, baby, <laughs> I get you're it. the one who broke my walls. So yeah. yes, uh, because like she, I talk about the book, like she broke up with my ass and yeah. then I couldn't mm. let it go. And, and mm. I've actually been invited on 
like romantic podcast. I'm like, why? Like, because you won the girl back. And I was like, yeah. ah, she gave me a new chance. I don't know about winning her back. Well, <laughs> yeah. But again, I'm... getting vulnerable, owning my shit. Like, right. Facing it. That. It's like, dude, yep. we have to find a way. Like, why let these things hold you back? And the people are gates have opened yep. up in life of success. Mm-hmm. I make more money now than I have ever have. Uh, in the past <sighs> two years, there's been a massive growth. And I'm like, is that because of that? I, I don't mm. know. Probably. Right. Yes. Because I, yes. I, had, I had, I had issues with, like she comes from very successfully educated money management protocols where okay. my upbringing were not, we had massive differences. And I was letting that hold us back. I'm like, why is that her fault that she was brought up differently and learned the power of how to make money work for you? Now, yep. I now know all those things thanks to letting her into my life and yada, yada, yada. All these things, get vulnerable. Let this stuff happen. To your point, if I would have kept fighting that, I wouldn't be here with you today. Right. Can I, and I, you know, Scott, thank you for that. And this is such a good, oh my goodness. You said a couple of things that I want to, I really want to touch on is you're right. The dynamic between you and your wife had a massive impact on your ability to succeed in the, to the level you are now. Here's why. What ended up happening was if she dumped you, as you said, what she did was she broke the energy between you two. She pulled away because it wasn't working with the way that you were operating with each other. So she had to pull herself out of the equation to radically shake you up so that you could de-stress, if you will, or resolve whatever's going on, shift your focus, shift your mindset, and really approach things from a different way of looking at life. And that's why it naturally then came back together. Here's the reason why people don't want to do that is because they're afraid of facing that kind of truth. They are afraid of how uncomfortable that will actually be to do something so radical and different. I've had clients... Exactly. But I've had, I mean, I had a client who was a, another uh, Wall Street kind of guy. Uh, his wife was a banker. Okay. So at the end of the day, they were on vacation and I, and I had to tell him, there was so much, I would say, dysfunction in their dynamic that was causing the problems they weren't looking at. They weren't, they, they didn't understand why is this not working out? And I said, this is the reason why they're like, I don't want to go there. What I ended up doing is having this guy literally leave his wife in Hawaii. He got on a plane and left her. And I know that sounds crazy, but what he did was he left her and came home so he can go back to his work and focus on the project. He was out of his business. She got mad for a minute. And then she started to, I would say, erupt and, and started to resolve. And so look at these things and why they were going on. And what ended up happening was when she came back, the whole perspective of the relationship shifted. He ended up getting a call from multiple clients and making another couple million dollars in his business that following, I think, 40, 72 hours later. She got a huge bonus check of like $500,000 that was not even expected to be coming. It started to change the way their children were, were acting around them. They're like, what's going on here? It's because these are the things people don't want to look at. People are scared to face their truth. And you said it, vulnerability comes when you are willing to look at your own shit, when you're willing to face your own truth. And when you get people to the most vulnerable state, you get the real Ross version of them. And I always say this, Scott, I think you're going to like this. I think your audience is going to like this as well, is you only truly know who someone is when you fight them. And what I mean by that is not physical altercation, even though you can, but what I mean by that is when they're in the most rawest, most vulnerable state, they're going to show you who they really are. And everybody likes to put out their best foot forward. They put on a facade because our society thinks this is what I'm supposed to do. This is how I'm supposed to show up. 
and our leaders, our public figures, our influencers, our CEOs, they are the biggest culprits to that. And we have a world that's massively dysfunctional in how they operate. And we're trying to figure out why we're not moving as far as fast as we could as a society. It's because our leadership is not doing what you just said you and your wife did. They're afraid to get real. Absolutely. Okay, those of us that are doing that, for example, Rock. Rock already had a viral following. I, I love using it as a sure. example. I literally said, like, this is the year of the Rock, dude. Like, he's had amazing growth. But, like, he is crushing it right now. I have his tequila in in, in my barn out there uh, in the man's own barn. I was like, uh -huh. just because I want to support a guy. I, I think it's cool. Like, okay, movies, everything he's doing. But the one thing that I see, as you're saying, is every so often he's getting more real. He's letting people into his personal life. So from a marketing standpoint, people talk about this as transparency, which triggers approachability. And that is valid. It is totally valid. Just like vulnerability. I clearly improved my wife's return to giving me a chance because I got vulnerable. I let her in. I wouldn't hold anything back anymore. I showed her my concerns, my fears. And mm. I was also, I put in probably, it was like a 90 day break. Uh, this is before we were engaged. And sure. <clears throat> she saw that. She saw that I came back or we came back together under a whole new chapter. We weren't trying to reopen that door. Plus, I also learned through all the self-work and the, the gurus I was working with. They're like, don't when girls when a girl flips that switch off, Scott, she's like, You're not flipping that switch back on. You gotta <laughs> you gotta find a whole new light switch. Okay. That that, sure. that hormonally, mentally, whatever you want to say, is done. Like they said. You got to show her that you have a whole new chapter awaiting her with the vulnerability, with the approachability, and then maybe she'll give you a shot. <laughs> well, men, yeah, and you know what? I like, and I'm glad you brought that up because men, unfortunately, in our society, is we are the, you know, our energy, masculine energy, is the uh, is supposed to be the protecting structure that allows the feminine to be able to flow and create inside that. But it's been so jaded and so broken over generations that men don't realize that if a woman is being upset in our relationship with us, it has nothing to do with their hormones or them being crazy, or this is how women are. It has everything to do with what you're giving into that relationship. And men don't stop to do the self-reflection because they don't like the way it feels to take responsibility for what's showing up in their life. We have this idea and this goes in business, this goes in any aspect of what you're looking to do and accomplish in your life, is you, in fact, are creating far more of your experiences from how you feel on the inside than, than just it showing up because this is life. Life does not happen from a compartmentalized standpoint. It is not a black and white, you know, I have no control of what's going on outside of me. You actually have more control than you, than you believe. Now, there are certain things you cannot control. But if you are experiencing relationship dynamics a certain way, if you're experiencing dysfunction at your business, you're not getting the success you want, you're not feeling satisfaction, what you're doing, there is so much more going on inside you. And this is what, especially with men, they need to stop and become more vulnerable, get to the place of challenge that stretches them and really face down the truth about who they really are and what they have overridden their entire life. And until you can do that, you're going to have that dirty fuel source moving you along and you might be able to create some success but you're never going to really feel on the top of your game. And peak performance is a state of being. It's not a, a goal to accomplish. I, I love that. And I love how you tied back to the dirty fuel source because I, it's like, listen, and, and I'm going to translate it into my own words right now. Guys, sure. ladies and gentlemen here in this, it's, like, it's again, for a firefighter and I got two fireplaces in this new house. So I'm all about burning. 
<laughs> it's like you're going to go outside and you want to make uh, your wife a wonderful fire, right? Right, right. I have the nice wood stack that I have. I, uh, actually, I'm experimenting. I'm playing with Norwegian wood stacking, by the way. Quick side note. Oh, nice. They're, yeah. They're called round stacks. Very decorative. Seen them. Custom round tarps. Yeah, I want to make it look cool uh, while also being functional. Anyway, I have that nice and covered. It's been drying out. I have a fresh stack right next to that that's sitting in the rain. Well, consider that wet wood your dirty fuel source. You think you're going to start I, a beautiful, roaring, warm, hot, uh, effective fire uh, for your loved ones? No. That thing is not just – that's beyond dirty. It's just wet. You just – you, you literally let Mother Nature just pee all over your, your, right, your source. Right. <laughs> and it's like you had a choice. Okay, I got the dry stack here. I got the wet stack. Which, right. which stack, which, which fuel source am I going to tap into? Right? That's that's sure. the problem here. Uh, and there's so many other things we can use as an example for dirty fuel sources. But sure. It's right like here. a, yeah, exactly. Here's here's one. I had a, a friend of mine who has a Maserati, a uh, really nice Maserati. And I remember him saying, somebody who goes, well, does that thing run off of uh, 87 octane? And he goes, what? I would never, I would never put a lower octane fuel into this sports car. This car is designed to do a 91, 93 or higher octane. He goes, but I, you know, he gets a 93 because he lives in the South. And he's like, I, I it's akin to, you putting in bad fuel into a high level sports car and expecting that thing to perform at the top of its game every time or who you are in your performance. Listen to this folks. It's like, if you feel and believe that you're going to go out and crush your goals and accomplish the highest levels of success possible with all of the stresses, you know, that you have still held onto that you have not addressed head on. It's the same thing as you having that Maserati and putting in a drive while the parking brake is still on stepping on the gas and thinking you're not going to break that machine. And people don't, they don't get that. They go, well, I'll just keep adding in more strategy and more processes and more systems. And I'm going, those things, those things have their place, but they are not going to ultimately not going to optimize who you are. They're going to give you some momentum. They're going to create structure for you. But when it comes to human performance, acceleration, life and business optimization, it goes far beyond the helping field. It's time for you to step into a place of what it takes to be optimized. And that is why those real world challenges you and I talked about, you need to hear things in ways that you least expect it, that shake you up from the inside. The, the way optimization shows up is, is the way in which you may not expect it to. And you need to learn how to discern whether or not something just because it's uncomfortable is bad for you or it's good for you. Because I've seen public figures I've met I've spent $2 million in personal development, Wiley. So, you know, I, I got introduced to you, but let's talk about why, why we're here together. And I said, well, here's one question. Let me poke at one thing for you. And they just crumble. It's like, well, $2 million in personal development, you just fell apart with me poking at one thing that I can see clearly that's bleeding off of you right now. Why? It's because they have hired people. They have hired resources that they can somewhat control that keeps them just comfortable enough to make it believe that they are transforming in ways that they want to while they're still dealing with, like you said earlier, dealing with the stresses. And if you want to be high performance, there is no such thing as dealing with or trying anything. You either jump into it or you don't. It's funny because it's just triggering my brain right now. And this makes me think of the, it's a general term. doesn't mean if it's male, female, whatever, but the sure. yes man. It's like, yeah. I'm just going to hire a whole lot of yes men's, yes mans or whatever yeah. you want to call it. Absolutely. Surround myself Absolutely. with them. And yes, you might be making money and stuff, but it's like, is that really what you want? in your personal and professional development, somebody just to agree with you or make you think that you're actually ripping the lid off in your growth. Right. Like, nah, I'm, like, 
And no. they're paying for that too. It's like, <laughs> yeah. And here's the other thing. I, I've seen some good money for that. <laughs> yeah. Which, I mean, think about it. I, I mean, I, he told me $2 million. I'm like, wow, you spent that kind of money. And yet you're still feeling the way you feel despite the success that you've created from a, uh, I would say a more material aspect who you are as a business connector, et cetera. And it's like, this is, un, this is to me, this is unacceptable for the leadership in our world. And I am here to push against the paradigm that we need to just chalk it up to being the cost of being human or the uh, cost of doing business. We need people to step up and put out real types of challenges that actually get people out of their mess so they can actually transpire into the person they want to be and, and inspire those people the right way. You trying to cop, and I have a paper that's called... <laughs> You know, we're changing the title, but helping versus optimizing. It talks about the differences between the helping industry and what it takes to be optimized and why people are chasing success and performance versus just mastering who they are and experiencing it right now. And you can, in fact, get there now, but you have to be built and be ready to appreciate the types of challenges that it takes to get there. Uh, I just love what we've hit on tonight, uh, or today, I should say, whatever kind of. Yeah, sure. Me too, man. Again, I just, while you're talking, I'm just thinking from my audience, I'm like, guys. Really need to start embracing the suck more. <laughs> and you know what? It's, it really is. <laughs> Scott, and if I can, buddy, and I, I'm glad you said that is, there's a difference between sucking it up and embracing the suck. Ooh. I want everybody to hear that. Stop sucking it up. The idea, especially men, you know, we're taught to suck it up and get over it. Well, guess what? Do you think that that goes somewhere? That that doesn't hinder your potential? Doesn't hold you back? Doesn't mess with your thinking? Doesn't create blind spots in your perception of what's going on around you? embracing the suck is a completely different energy. When I was in the military as a combat infantryman, I, I learned how to embrace the suck of the environment, but it did not transform me into a, somebody who was sucking it up and just trying to deal with it. We learned how to utilize our inner volatility to maximize our performance externally so that we can complete our missions and get home alive. And that, that is what it takes in business success in your ability to be an entrepreneur, a CEO, a leader, et cetera, is looking at the differences and understanding that the more that you try to suck things up, the more hindered you will become. And the more you're going to be left on the path of trying to figure things out versus actually getting to where you want to go. I, I love that because it also, on that point, while you're embracing the suck, not sucking it up. Right. And I know you being former military and also for me, because we were, a lot of our protocols serving as an elite. Absolutely. Came yep. from you guys. It was like, yep. Because I was like, I fought, military training. I, I was chased in high school to go be in some any of the all the branches. Like took those those old ASVAB tests. I scored like, <laughs> the top of the class. Yeah, the whole summer when I was a kid was being called by every branch. Apparently, I was smart enough. I don't know, but I was like, I don't want to go work in the military and have somebody tell me what to do. And then fast forward, you know, decades later, I leave the corporate world to go be a firefighter, and I go and try to be one of the elite firefighters. And then it is so militarized. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> Serving as a hot yep. But the one thing I'm, I'm hitting at here is that when you end your day, we're not just taking the good out of the day. Part of that process was we would then debrief. We would reflect on, guys, what worked today? You know, why did we lose that division? If we're to go back in on a night, night command tonight, what are we sure. doing differently? What are we doing right. tomorrow? How are we going right. to get ourselves in there safer and out of there safer? There was always a daily debrief. You had to, right. you had to learn right. from this. You couldn't just say, oh, well, we'll do better tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I know everybody knows, I think most people know who Jocko Willink is. And, um, you know, I, I met, yeah, and I met Jocko uh, through Dave Asprey years ago. And um, 
remember Jocko and I talked for a few minutes, but great personality. He's a great guy. And he's obviously one of the, one of the most decorated Navy SEALs and just all around has leadership capabilities that he works to instill in people and realize that the leadership is what affects everything underneath it. And when you have leaders that are unresolved, that are not optimized, that are trying to operate from their own rigid mindset, they're, they're operating from a place of stress and compensation, you're going to have decisions that kill people or hinder people or lose deals or slow down progress. Um, and, and people in society, they fail to realize, and this is the thing I see constantly as I look, I, you know, I don't follow people, but I pay attention to people. And I watch the blind spots because that's my gift. I can see that in people's performance. I know where to poke to really kind of get that stuff eradicated and moved is that people are inspired by these big name public figures because of, you know, some of the creation and some of the success and what they're able to do. But we're watching these billionaires, we're watching politicians, we're watching CEOs battle each other, say things that are just like, there's no couth to it. There's no class. We've lost civility. And we go, I want to be like that. Well, why do you want to be like that? Don't you realize that is actually, they're, they're going to transfer to you their limitations as well as their successes. Who are you without your stresses? Who are you when you are alone? Who are you and how you live your life? Performance has everything to do with who you are in relationship to yourself. What you're able to accomplish has everything to do with where you're at and that, that level of performance. So you're as a hotshot, you are literally expected to operate from this level of peak performance. That's why you have the, the ability to go back and reflect on the truth of the dynamics that you were all in because that's a close brotherhood. Same thing in the military. When I went to Afghanistan, it was my second tour. That's where I really started to understand my ability to see those blind spots. And when I started leading my own men, I was able to accomplish tasks much quicker, much, much more efficiently, and have my team, my small you know, infantry mortar team, be able to provide all of that information simultaneously so that we can, in fact, perform way better than if you were just to try to approach it from the standpoint of, like, do what I tell you to do, and that's the end of the story. Me too. This has been uh, great. And, and I love what you just hit on there too, because uh, part of the excuses mindset was when I was younger, whether it was corporate, because uh, I I used to lead 20, 30 person teams in the corporate space. I, I was literally a leadership trainer. Um, yeah. I, I've coached you know, sports, you know, uh, ski racing, uh, cycling, you name it. You have to constantly keep leveling up. And part of that process is to, even if you're not in a leadership position yet, there's no excuse for you to not to build up your skill sets. So, and I hear all the time people like, "Oh well, my my boss sucks or that leader sucks." Well, okay, okay, I, 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 that sucks. Sure, bummer. That doesn't mean you allow that to hold you back from your personal growth. Like going, you were just saying, take personal accountability for your future, so you can eventually grow beyond that lacking leader, right? Yeah, in the yeah. process still be a great team player. Try and help that leader, you know, do a better job for you yep. and your team. But it's okay. If they're if they're just not getting it done or they're not working with somebody like Wiley, then okay. Then you work <laughs> yeah. on yourself. Right. right. So I, I, I just here all guilty of that excuse mindset sometimes. And you gotta just take personal accountability. So you know what? I'm gonna put me first. I am gonna work uh, on me. Right. But and here's the thing self mastery is very um it's a I would say a fleeting idea for people. I hear it all the time. And I'm going to touch on a couple of points real quick, what you just said. 
is the, the idea that, you know, as long as you're two steps ahead of someone, you can coach someone. And, and unfortunately that, that in itself is BS because you're only going to take those people as far as you've gotten. And, and the other aspect is people are taught, especially in these seminars and these uh, coaching industries is, you know, take your mess that you've had in life and make that your message. And I go, well, why don't you actually clean up your mess and then build a message around what you've discovered because you were able to face down and clean up that mess. So there's, there's, there's this gap between what people actually could be doing to be better in their lives and be better servants, uh, servants of others. And I'm going to lead it to this point you just made is a good leader. A really good leader is also a good follower. When you have that ability to be both. There's balance there because you're able to actually open yourself up to receive information that might not be something you like. You might not like hearing your COO, your teammates, or your employees providing you information. That's why special operations, that's why combat arms, we SEALs, Rangers, Army Infantry, et cetera, we all have the type of team environment where we expect and prefer feedback from each other so that we can create the best solutions for our outcomes because we're in the most chaotic of situations. So but you're not in war when you're back home as a civilian. So I'm telling these people that are listening as high achievers, self-mastery is important. Getting to the place of knowing who you are is going to take you further than just making those excuses of the leaders have an effect on you. Yes. But when I was in the military and I was a young soldier, I had leaders around me that were basically jerks, but I would take away key pieces of their leadership qualities and I would infuse it into who I was as I got promoted, as I you know, performed better and became a leader myself, an NCO. And I created my own leadership style based on myself and what I was capable of seeing and what I was capable of feeling and tap, tapping into. And that's why I was successful in doing that. And then I took that out of the military and I utilized my experiences as part of my work. But I do not come to the table saying, I'm going to turn you into a military leader either, because trying to make civilians into combat specialists is just... That's the wrong approach, but providing them the insights that you've learned is important. But getting to these people to, again, this is why I do the work that I do. I'm the one that comes to the table for those types of leaders to optimize or unfuck their lives so they can get to their ultimate level of success and then impact people in a more profound way. There is a place where you can achieve ultimate levels of peace and freedom with your life, where you don't have to feel like you're on a constant, never ending quest of personal development. It's possible, but you've got to be willing to do it. Yes. Again, back to personal accountability, right? Uh, right. I love that. So, yeah, man. Listen, I've been having a blast today. Um, yeah, me too. We could go, we could go all day. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe we do it again down the road. You never know, right? We can always I, delve I in deeper. Leave yeah. That invite open to you, sir. All right. Uh, because all right. there have been uh, repeat co hosts because their message is awesome. It is pure. The energy is right. And I know that our, our audience is benefiting from this. So, and well, also, that's all that I, matters. I tell you all the time, like, there is a selfish pleasure here. I benefit too. Gentlemen. There you so go. That's why I love doing this, and, and I've yep. missed it. So, that being said, I asked my guest co-hosts to help close out the show, and sure. you have, you've already shared so much powerful information. But is there like an all-encompassing message that you would like to leave behind, more of like a lasting legacy message, something like that? Um, especially around the, the concept of your, and again, ladies and gentlemen, WileyMcGraw.com, uh, or which goes to his site, the same site uh, in a different page, but use time to erupt.com as well. I love right. that as well. Yeah. Super, super fun. Uh, but that takes well, you to work with me page here on the site as well. It so, makes it, you know, Scott, it makes it easier for people that might be working out right now that are listening to who knows if you know, they hear my name, they're like, how the hell do I spell Wiley McCraw? So time to erupt is a, is a really good uh, segue. Yeah. Yes. I, I love that. So that being said, around your eruption theme, uh, is there anything you want to kind of sum it all up with? And then, uh, 
Yeah, I mean, I think the thing that I think the quote, I use my air quotes as well, the tip to really leave the people in your audience, because I know the people that are listening are high achievers. You don't, you don't attract people that are not to listen to this type of show, is they are aware of the stresses that they're holding on to, despite what might be in the public persona that they they portray. But getting real with yourself when you're you're by yourself and and feeling into what is it that I have not looked at or addressed head on. When you can get real with that and you can give yourself that permission to find a resource that you can't control that challenges you, those stresses can be resolved and you'll find that your power, your potential will be unleashed in ways you least expect it. You'll find that your efforts, the work that you put into what you're looking to create will in fact become exponential and highly sustainable. And I want people to, to walk away from this listening to that point and going, you know what, let me just get real with myself. Let me be vulnerable with myself and stop BSing myself and realize that I don't need to keep adding in more strategy. I need to start looking at how to remove things that are holding me back. Let me look at my dynamics in my life that aren't operating and uplifting me to my highest potential. And let me face some truths that might be otherwise uncomfortable or uh, something I've avoided and actually do something about that. Because when you do face, like you talked about with your wife, when you broke that dynamic, it transformed your relationship and it transformed your success. You didn't have to add more into your life to figure that out. That's what I want people to walk away with. Very, very true. Yes. I love how that tied it all back together. That's awesome. Well, thank you for those powerful words. Uh, hang tight. Yeah, brother. Goodbye off the air. Ladies Absolutely. And it's time to erupt. Okay. WileyMcGraw.com. Erupt into the most powerful version of yourself. And with his final words he left behind for you guys today to take away with is maybe not pay for that next big expensive program or the next big event. Let's really look at what's going on personally, internally. What are some of the basic things you could tap into right now, right in front of your face? It's always been there. And you just haven't taken the time to work on that because that's the free stuff right there. It's going to take some time. It's going to take a lot of time to work on that because that's the stuff you've been pushing off. And I, I could speak to this personally. So that's why I have no problem being true and transparent for you all on this show is I want you to understand that I've also gone through it. And we all still go through this stuff. So get real with yourself, work on yourself, and then you too can find that time to erupt. Go visit that site. Go dig in what more. He's got great video content. He's got podcasts on there. Uh, we're definitely going to have him back on again soon. So again, ladies and gentlemen, we're here to fuel your health, your business, and your lifestyle. You too can live the fuel, and we'll talk to you guys again soon. Thank you for subscribing to Live the Fuel. Stay connected on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Live the Fuel. And remember, you too can live the fuel. So please visit us at LiveTheFuel.com.